Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Juliette Televi, and joining me to take your questions this evening are David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and eventually Wayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investments. If you'd like to send those questions to us, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag Stockwatch. David, <laughs> I don't know what Wayne is doing. It's not like we haven't been doing this show for the last 13 years or thereabouts. <laughs> <at> <laughs> However, be that as it may, because I was going to ask Wayne if you eventually stumped up with some Valentine's gifts for you, David, following your plaintive tweet yesterday. <laughs> and of course, here he is, I nowhere to be found. Yeah, I got them. Uh, Did you? Uh, it ended up being a very good day, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you <know>. oh good. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear it. And it wasn't a very good day on the market today. And there was no. there were some wobbles, um, Anglo-American Platinum coming off, Glencore coming off. Were, were those um, in particular on, on specific company-specific news? Natasha Fuyun, for example, deciding to resign at Amplatz and move to Newmont as its chief operating officer within the next 12 months. Glencore coming out with record results, but the market didn't seem to like it. Or is it... Um, uh, a resources stock sell-off in the context of a, a, maybe a, a slightly tricky, broader market? I, I think so. I, I think it's more that. Commodities have been under pressure. You know, oil is not doing anything. It's just been hovering around these levels. It hasn't been making any headway. And then most of the other commodities, whether you're looking at iron ore, copper, uh, not doing anything. The one thing that struck me and it was is the is the palladium price. The palladium price has come crashing down. Remember, there was a point at which palladium was trading at 2,300, maybe two years ago. You know, it's back at 1,400, and this is all part of the basket. So I haven't, I've looked at the platinum price and I've looked at the palladium price, and they're down, so the, the gap is narrowed, but I don't know rhodium and the other contributors, but that hurts. I know the rand is at 1804, which is a is a benefit. But I know the the miners generally, like everybody else, are in, under severe pressure of increasing costs. So I think it's a it's it's a cocktail of uh, events. Um, I, the one thing about Anglo's, though, I say this because Natasha Fiona is is resigned. They they're always got somebody in the wings there. Yes. The one thing they do manage to produce really good managers and CEOs and that. So. I, I, you know, I don't know how bad that is. I mean, the interesting thing about Anglo is that, and certainly the talk is in the market, um, is, is that um, within the, the, the various companies within the Anglo stable, anything sort of over a billion rand has to be signed off by Anglo itself. So, mm. so there's a certain frustration, one, uh, and, and as I say, that this is chatter, so maybe it's m mischievous, but is that no one is really in control of their own destinies because ultimately everything devolves yeah. to the head office, which is Anglo-American PLC. So even if you are, and, and, and it can be frustrating if you have ambitions and if you've got a bit of an ego, whatever it is, you know, Chris mm. Griffith left anglo Platt. I mean, if you're going to Newmont as a chief operating officer, it's probably be a bit more of a testing career move. Uh, so it's not yeah. not to say that I'm, there are I'm problems. I'm sure that she's going. Platinum. I'm sure she's going with the CEO position in mind, you know, joining there as chief operating officer. But listen, Anglo's owns what's over sixty percent of of uh, anglo Platts. It owns over sixty percent, and I'm guessing at these numbers, I don't know the exact one of Kumba. So I'm sure they don't want uh, one CEO going off on a tangent and spending all their money. You know, they rely heavily on the on 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 the inflows on the dividends. So 
I, I, I'm sure that, um, you know, th th there's reason for them imposing it. But, yeah, it probably can be frustrating. Yeah. Oh, well, there's Wayne. Wayne, um, yeah. yes. were you late because you were basically um, sorting out David Shapiro's uh, Valentine's Day gifts, which you yeah, promised, yeah. I which included a, virtual, a whole bunch I of things, everything virtual. <laughs> now, I, I was late because to join this meeting, I had to upgrade my Zoom for whatever reason. <laughs> but okay. let's put that aside. Be that as it may. Yes. Okay. Well, Be we were that talking. As it may. We were talking about um, the weakness in some of the resources stocks, and in particular, Angular Platinum yes. and Glencore. And uh, there was a question that came through a little bit earlier, saying, given our current global platinum deficit for 2023 and our previous surplus in 2022, why is the market selling off platinum? Surely platinum miners would be a steal at these prices. David had talked about the fact that you've seen the palladium price come down. What's going on out there, uh, Wayne? Look, I think it's a combination of, of, of two things, in fact. Um, the platinum shares and the mining shares in general, you know, well, I suppose more more, more the big um, big mining houses have been doing most of the heavy lifting on the all shares since October. And, you know, the, the resource shares were looking a little bit expensive. Um, I know platinum's a bit different. But secondly, you know, despite all the data we're seeing, despite all everyone's talking about, the highest inflation in in 40 years in America and, and in other major economies, coupled with the steepest percentage increase as measured off the base, I think, in, in forever in, in, in history, there has to be an economic slowdown. And I think we're seeing that in the mining shares. Yeah. And also they have to take, they have to absorb the incredible cost pressures of higher inflation, which is... I suppose what we sometimes blithely yes. forget, you know, their operating costs yes. are going up exponentially as a result of high inflation. Um, yes. Okay. And, and Glencore itself, there's also a question asking whether it's a buy after the good profit announced and why the over 3% drop in the share price today. I mean, the profits uh, were astounding, you know, 34 billion dollars <laughs> up 60 yes. percent their marketing division had this phenomenal time uh, and then the share gets sold off was that just baked into the price anyway david you know they had such a good run last year i yes. mean they far outperformed any other mining business so give them credit uh, you know i mean there's uh there's a large margin for profit taking but i wouldn't associate it with anything as wayne said you know, miners have come under pressure. We saw um, all the top fallers today were, were the mining counters. I think they were just included, uh, you know, with everything else. Just uh, So I wouldn't read too much into that at all. Wayne, how did you feel about Glencore? And would you actually take the opportunity at below 110 Rand to buy Glen Glencore shares? Look, I would sit back and wait on the big, uh, big commodity companies, the holding companies. But I'm waiting to buy. So if we do see some weakness, because I mean, as, as David said, these shares have been doing a lot, a lot of heavy work. And um, then I would be a very strong buyer because I'm actually extremely positive on commodity shares on a, let's say, a five year basis from now. So I don't know whether they're going to run this year or next year, but I'm very positive. And just to come back to the previous statement. I mean, if there's any more weakness, any big weakness in these platinum shares, maybe I'm the most bullish on a medium-term view on the platinum of all the mining companies. Okay. And what about copper? I mean, the, I, I had a, quite a nice interview with Jan Nelson from 
Copper 360, that's going to list on the Altex, it's either at the end of this month or beginning of next month. And he was talking about the copper shortfall um, that's expected worldwide yes. as a result of the push for electric vehicles and infrastructure and the fact that a lot of the Chilean mines are coming to the end of life of their surface operations. They've got very low grades. And there hasn't, uh, so the, the, the grades going to be, um, um, I suppose, collected from those mines are, are very low. It's going to make them un uneconomic because you have to go underground. And also no one's done any exploration. And they were fantastically bullish about the copper price. I mean, uh, and I think they would right. be, okay. But, you know. I think they're right. Idea. I think they're right longer term. But look, make no mistake, the mining, the mining sector is a very dynamic sector. If there is a perception that one particular commodity is going to be in deficit for a sustained time period with very strong demand. It's amazing how quickly you find resources eh? <laughs> at, yeah. at the right price. I mean, it might take time to develop mines, etc., etc. But uh, tell, almost. Uh, tell it's, it's a, a lot of copper in the ground that yeah. we can make. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's but, the strangest <laughs> thing, commodities and mining companies. At the right price, I mean, other than platinum, because there we know there's limited supply, but at the right price, there's massive supply. Mm. Okay. Then, um, I, I, you sorry, know, I understand as well, uh, Juliette, we've had, you've had a um, housing crisis or, sorry, a property crisis in China. You're, in the U.S., it's not exactly booming. You know, new houses are not going up. But a lot of copper goes into housing as well. I know electric vehicles is... Um, it, it, you know, going to absorb quite a bit of copper in that. But there are other areas of the economy that are slowed down. There are big projects being planned, whether it's uh, for clean energy or whether it's, uh, uh, you know, for areas like that, for infrastructure. But we haven't quite seen them come into, you know, um, to materialize yet. But yeah. just understand, as, as Wayne said, you know, things are slowing down. <laughs> things are, so, so if you look at the housing market in the U.S., it's slowing down. Mm. Okay. Right. All right. There, there's a question, uh, quite a cool question uh, that came in about hedge funds, asking um, the panelist view of hedge funds in an overall portfolio, and if they were hedge fund managers, what would they be shorting? <laughs> I mean, I know we have to sort of cancel David from this discussion because David is a is a, a natural is a instinctive bull, bull, and I don't think like shorting anything. Um, Wayne, yeah. okay. So, Look, I mean, do you think there's a is there a place for you in a portfolio? And yes. and if you were a hedge fund manager and could, we, is there anything obvious you'd be shorting on the market right now? Yeah, let's answer the first the first part. You've got to be extremely careful with the catch-all phrase hedge fund. It doesn't describe like property or bonds or it, it doesn't adequately describe the investments. You have to fully understand exactly what that hedge fund is doing because they can, they can vary from the wild and scary to the actually quite conservatively managed, nice, you know, well understood hedge funds. So don't, all hedge funds aren't the same. So make make very sure you know exactly what you are buying when you go into a hedge funds. Okay. You want to short something now? I mean, it's too late to short the tech shares. You know, maybe, maybe you short a couple of the big mining houses. Because mm -hmm. with the slowdown, these shares, there's an element of overvaluation in the shorter term in these companies. Hmm, okay. 
Yes, in fact, I think uh, Gary Boyson was short in Cumber for our, we asked him for a buy and a sell recommendation for the Financial Mail. And so that was one of his, his uh, potential options. David, is there anything that, okay, I mean, I, I sort of ca I excluded you uh, from the, the beginning, but. You know, you know, when we try and apply logic uh, to what you would short, it, it doesn't always work. I mean, we're in an economy that has got no energy, that has got no railway system. And when you put it all together, you think, well, I would go short the whole country. I'd go short the retailers. I'd go short the banks, you know, who might be burdened with, with higher debts and so on. When you apply that, it doesn't work. You know, those shares are holding up pretty steady. And I'd be very reluctant to, to take a big punt against it unless there is something that you know structurally weak with the business, you know, that okay. hasn't been disclosed. Yeah. Um, I'd be very careful about it. And, and, and to give an example, and, and, and I'm reluctant to do this because I don't want listeners to take it or viewers to take it the wrong way. Let's say, for example, a coronation. You know, if we suddenly work out, hold on a sec, they're going to have a tax bill of one and a half billion or two billion or something. Yeah, that would be a reason maybe to go and short the share. But I'm only using that as a as a you know, theoretical example. Please don't uh, apply that. So it's that kind of that I would apply to that. But structurally, it's very, very difficult in this market to actually identify even against the news that we've got. And we can't get worse news than that. Yeah. Okay, moving on. There is a question on Coronation. Um, any updates on the above-mentioned stocks? Coronation leveled off today at about 31 Rand 80. Um, Old Mutual and also CA, uh, CA um, sales. Um, David, are you starting to get frustrated? It was last week Wednesday that we had the news that Coronation has decided to, you know, has this has lost uh, its appeal against a tax dispute with SARS, and then going to can the interim dividend, but they still have not put out any information as to how much money they might have to pay SARS. And everyone, I think, is getting really uh, anxious about this. Uh, um, what, are you anxious? Oh, I you know, that's what I can't understand. It's, it's, it's material information. They know more or less. I think they might have even written out the check already. So I, I'm very surprised that they're not disclosing it because it is going to affect their profits and it will affect their, you know, from a trading update, if you any information comes across, um, you have to disclose it and say, okay, you know, this is going to affect our profits. So I'm very surprised that they've withheld information unless there's a legal reason, in which case, say, we cannot release it because of these reasons. But I, for me, it's very unusual that they haven't given some quantity about how much they have to pay and what this is going to mean. Hmm. Wayne, what do you think is going on there? Yeah, um, <laughs> they said in the release that they will let the market know the moment they've quantified the amount. And obviously, they haven't quantified it yet, because otherwise they would have come back to the market and told us. But I do agree with David, it's... You know, the market is waiting here. Mm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Old Mutual and CA Sales, which was the uh, offshoot from PSG. Um, Wayne, Old, Old Mutual's just kind of had a, it's been in nowheresville for so long. Mm. Do you think yes. this might be it here? <laughs> look, look the, the, the life insurers in this kind of market with a decent equity market is normally quite good for them because they are, at the end of the day, 
I suppose it boils down to they geared investment trusts and the market goes up, the earnings go up because a lot of their fees are are, are asset based, uh, you know, derived from from the from the asset base. But look, it could be quite good for old mutual, but you know the the, the industry itself is probably over traded. It's a difficult industry. The share itself looks very very cheap, I will say, but maybe I'm I'm not probably not so keen to go out and buy it to be mm. honest. Uh, David, um, I don't. I mean, I don't think you've ever been keen to buy old mutual. Uh, Is there a point it's at not which the you would old be mutual keen? that I used to know? You know, back in the eighties, and Wayne remembers it when institutions used to dominate uh, yeah. the financial landscape. You know, you used to go and uh, bow down before you went to mutual. You know, if you had, if you ever got to Michael Levitt's uh, office or something like that. I mean, that was really you'd made it, and that it just doesn't have the same kind of. Um, gravitas or repeal anymore, you know, oh, old mutual. I think maybe they lost uh, their way when they went overseas and that. But, um, you know, from my point of view, they, they're just not making it. You know, there's so many good financial institutions around um, that make a noise. Just mutual, just, I don't know. I don't know where they've gone. Mm. don't know where those anchors have fallen, yeah. <laughs> and see, <CA> <laughs> CA sales? Uh, Wayne knows what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay. these were yeah. gigantic institutions. They owned South Africa. They dominated South Africa. They had a huge voice in in the in the economics and uh, you know of this country. It's not there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, look, I mean, I must say the share's got a very high dividend yield. It does actually look reasonably well, but I I agree with David. It has rallied, you know, two and a share odd. But yeah, it's yeah. CA sales. Yeah, we're not very you, nice people on no, the show, but CA anyway. sales is. I don't. I don't know, but I can't comment on that business, to be honest. David, is this one that you've ever looked at? CSA, is that the one that was dumped out of PSG? Well, I mean, dumped is yeah. Talking about a not they not, had to dump it out a not nice way of putting it. Money, yeah. they couldn't get their money out anyway. I don't know. It. Look, I, I mean, it's it had is. a it's had a horrible time since listing. You know, you can see hmm. from the chart that it was above sixteen rand a share. It's sort of muddling along in the mid mm. six rand fifties. Um, do you think it's because people yeah. just don't they don't pay it any heed, they don't know about it, they don't mm. know to invest in it. I think um so. and, yeah. and, and so it's you know, it's just ignored. It's like an orphan child from PSG, you know. They they, they, they were quite happy in the stable. They were doing what they wanted and all of a sudden PSG that it's like parents kicking our children, you know, you're on your own now. Go make it. Yeah, you think so it's think great, exactly. and then you have to do your own washing and your own laundry yeah, and cook exactly. yourself dinner every night. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I still miss the days of living with my parents. Um, what is the panel's view on Richmond, Hudeco, and HCI? Can we start with Hudeco? Because actually there's been a lot of chatter about Hudeco. We, I did an interview with, you know, and you can see in the results they've done well and uh, they've been buying back their shares and all of a sudden Hudeco is sort of top of mind for a lot of people having been relegated um, to the furthest reaches of one's watch list in the last couple of years. <coughs> David, it was your pick for uh, the Crystal <coughs> Challenge. I, I, it's, uh, I just think because of where this country is going and the amount of money we have to spend improving electricity, infrastructure, and we know it's going to be spent, I just think it's well-placed. You know, I think any engineering business, even the Roynets with their cables and that, eventually they're going to uh, be in demand. So we have to spend the money. 
You know, it's 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 an absolute crisis emergency. So somewhere down the line, I think a lot of businesses in that area are going to benefit. Now, Wayne, Wayne knows yeah. that area a lot better than I do. Because he buys the tools. You know, yes, yes, exactly. He has, a, he has uh, more than a passing acquaintance with um, bull bearings. Um, when yeah. at 165 Rand, Hudeco has has come up substantially since it's sort of October lows yes. of about 130. Although if, on a five-year chart, it's actually kind of back where it was. Yeah. Do, do you think we've yeah. missed the boat yeah. or do you think actually this is now the time to still be looking at this? No, I, I think you can you can buy this one. Even even though it's had this 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 uh, quite quite nice rally in the last while, I think you can buy it. The PE ratio is still single digit. And I mean, I've sort of been thinking about this over the last week. There's a new investment boom coming in South Africa of magnitude, and that is this electrification. I mean, we're going to have surplus electricity in five years' time. <laughs> People will want to give it away. There'll be so much around because there's going to be many, probably hundreds of billions put into this supplying your own electricity. Every person... You know, you're going to have, you're going to rent your roof out. There's going to be that this this market is going to be flooded. In the shorter term, obviously, it won't relieve the load shedding, but on a five-plus year view, there's actually going to be surplus electricity, and this capital expenditure is extremely good for companies like Udeco. Uh, just beware, you're all going to get a knock on the door. Everyone's going to get a knock on the door. Yeah, the, the 12B, Section 12B salesmen are going to be coming around asking you to invest in uh, in infrastructure projects. And, uh, you know, for once, it's something worth looking at. Yeah, so and there's going to be new listings getting, and there's going to be unit trusts that, yeah. that are going to follow this. This is, it won't be quite as big as the new housing boom in 2000s, but it's going to be, or, or, or the 2010 story, but it's going to be similar. Well, I mm. certainly hope it, it's going to re result in some decent listings on the JSE because, uh, you know, we could do with a few animal spirits. Um, just quickly, a uh, question. Uh, so the other v the viewer had, can we talk about HCI? We, we've spoken about Richemont. Do either of you look at HCI um, in any great detail? That's, yeah, uh, it's Soga, hey, Wayne. I mean, it's, it's, it's mainly driven, I think, by Soga Sun. I think yeah. it's got a lot of investments. I mean, it's widespread, but I think that could be the dominant one. Um, it was last year's favorite. I mean, it was a huge, huge gain of last year, I think, in the 100%. But um, it's, got, it's got gaming, it's got media. Mm. But, it, it, you know, it, it does keep a little bit of a low profile on, on the market, and the share price is effectively at record highs where we are now. Look, maybe you should look into it because... I think tourism and leisure is going to be a big growth industry over the next couple of years in South Africa. Mm. Okay. And then very last question before I get to your stock picks. Pepco, is it a buyer at these levels? I've always liked Pepco. Yeah. Um, I just like what they do. You know, I always say those little grey pants and white shirts and school shoes and you know, around the country. I think every village that you pass through there's a Pepco you know, Pep store and that. And it has been well run, and it, it, I think it, it, you know, it's focused on a very important part of the, uh, you know, of, of of the consumer. So, yeah, and the share price, the share price is quite low at the moment. The PE ratio is low. I think it is a good investment, actually. Mm. Mm.
Okay, all right. Uh, getting to You've your, got to stop yeah. Steinoff selling them, though. That's yes. the only problem. Well, that's though. the problem. Yeah. It's I mean, like it's, a plug. Is, yeah. is, is that not going to keep a lid on the, the Pepco share price for well, look, a good while? They've only got so many to sell. <laughs> yeah, they're below 50% now. So, yeah. anyway, okay. it's still a good business. So. It's a good company. Okay, um, and your stock picks, uh, where would they be? When? I'm going for a UK insurer called Lancashire. I mean, they came out with their results yesterday or the day before, and there were disappointing results, but only because of the return on their assets. In other words, the investments they've made. I mean, clearly they were heavily into tech and they got a bit hammered. The underlying business is doing extremely well. I mean, the volume growth is good. The margin's good. The underwriting's good. So if we have seen the worst of tech, which we probably have, and the shares recover and we get a half decent share market, I think the earnings will actually be extremely good. So that's what I'm going for. Okay, Lancashire. Um, David, how about you? I'm going for one I have recommended before, which is starting to come up again. It's the Dutch company ADYEN. I don't know how to pronounce it, whether it's ADN or ADN, whatever it is, ADYEN. It's a payments company. It's a software company and a point of sale e-commerce. It helps your businesses and that. And they were hammered. Why? Because they're increasing employment. You know, everybody else is paying, <laughs> and, and the market didn't like that. But the reason is that their growth is projected at like 25, 30% over the next two years. So uh, neat little business um, in that area, in a, a very important area. Okay. Gents, thank you very okay. much for adding to our offshore portfolios. Um, David, <laughs> uh, nice to see you, Wayne, and uh, nice to hear your disembodied voice. Uh, Wayne McCurry <laughs> is from F&B Wealth and Investments. David Shapiro is from Sassan Securities and Zanati's back with Stockwatch tomorrow night. Have a good evening.